Welcome to Wednesday. You always wonder why they call it uh, Wednesday when it looks like it's Wednesday. I've always wondered about that. It's just one of those things, confusing things about the English language. We have lots of confusing things. Just ask Pastor Jacob uh, about uh, confusing things. I mean, we we do now we we are very precise in our english language but there are some things that just don't make sense like t h r o u g h through and t h r e w do i say that right t h r e w through you know, and there's lots and lots and lots of those types of things, uh, those types of words uh, in the English language. How did I even get into that? I don't know, but 
Anyway, friends, good morning and glad to be with you. We are cruising through the book of First Corinthians, cruising. Uh, we're already in chapter 9, and uh, sometimes in some of the books, uh, we've done three or four parts in a chapter, uh, And uh, but in First Corinthians, we are cruising right along. We're in the ninth chapter already. Today, uh, we are talking about caring for your clergy because that's the subject matter of the text. And uh, uh, who's your clergy? You know, uh, uh, who's my pastor? Uh, I'd have to say right now, Jacob Santos is my pastor. And uh, he'd say, wait, how does that work? Uh, and uh, we we went to visit uh, our home church on Sunday, uh, and don't I don't ever want to make Jacob uncomfortable with me being there. Uh, my wife just really wanted us to go to church in the same place one time, and uh, and I didn't have another commitment somewhere else, so we did. And what an absolutely fantastic message, uh, Pastor Jacob gave. Um, out of Mark chapter 1 and the baptism of Jesus and a lot of very uh, interesting insights, uh, not only interesting in, in a cranial sense, but also um, interesting in, in a sense that, that could fortify the soul or challenge the soul, uh, as it were. And uh, so I publicly want to commend Pastor Jacob. This month is... Uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, and this month is almost out. We're running out of month. In fact, what is what is mon- what is Sunday this week? Uh, s- Sunday is the 29th, the last day of the month. Uh, the it is uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, Clergy uh, Appreciation Month. So uh, anyway, we. Um, I just want to commend Jacob to you uh, that you could send cards. Now, you might not attend uh, Veracity. You, your pastor might be Pastor Bo. Uh, and uh, so and you might have seven or eight pastors at your church. Uh, and just want to encourage you. Send them a note. Do something like that. Um, make them. I mean, you could send food. Uh, you could... Uh, send a note, you could send a card, you could send some cash, but just to show your appreciation for for Pastor Jacob, Pastor Appreciation Month, and it's going to tie right in with what we're talking about this morning, uh, so I'm kind of starting there, and I'll probably loop back and come back to that again, but wherever you attend church, whoever your pastor is, send them a card, send them a note, uh, you know, give them a, a Dunkin' Donut card, Something just to say, hey, I appreciate you. Now, I, I, I want to say something uh, here uh, because I, we happen to be sitting in the congregation on Sunday. It was mentioned, maybe do something for me. I, I am not the pastor of Rassie Chapel. Uh, Jacob is. And uh, so do things for, for, for your pastor that way. Now, I'm not going to say if you don't, if you want to say something to me, that's great. I'm not. Rejecting that, but what I'm saying is, honor your pastor, uh, cheerlead for your pastor. You know, uh, something nice that you can do uh, for your pastor, whatever that might be, and include the pastor's wife. Maybe 
maybe order some flowers and send some flowers or or stop by your local Weymouth Road uh, flower shop. I don't know if they're still doing flowers this time of year at all or not. Uh, and drop off some flowers for Courtney. That's something else that you could do uh, just as a way of saying thanks. Pastor Appreciation Month here, month of October. Again, I am talking... Oh, <laughs> uh, Nell mentions Pastor Jacob would be happy with beef tongue. Um and there's a smiley face. Now I don't know. Is that is that a is that factual? Is is that a little little joke? Uh, a little insight? It, because it could go either way. I I when I was a kid, uh, we were having this fantastic sandwich spread at lunchtime. Uh, back on the farm when I lived on the farm, grew up on the uh, on the dairy farm, and uh, that's farm. Just for the record, for those that don't to speak Mainese. Um, and I said, Mom, what is this? This is really good. And I think I was on my second, probably just finished my second sandwich, moving toward my third. And she said, oh, it's, that's that's uh, pickled cow tongue. It was good. So, yeah, if you can come across a cow tongue somewhere at Hannaford's or Moral General, uh, take them a cow tongue. Uh, you might even do something with pig's feet. I, I don't know. So, uh, but uh, anyway... Yeah, and somebody already asked him the question. We need to get into the text here, but will I be online tomorrow? I do plan to be online tomorrow morning. Uh, uh, that will be my last until the Monday the 6th. And uh, so I, I do plan to be online in in the manana. And then I will scope out uh, our living situation, whether I'll be able to do something where we're going to be staying in Tennessee. If I am, I'll let you know. It'll be scaled back version but I will let you know uh, once we get down to Tennessee, uh, uh, as that's where we're heading. So anyway, hey, let's get into the text here. That's why we're here. Uh, I know some of you are, are looking at my lovely face. Uh, but let's get into the text here. Here we go. Uh, am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Uh, have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not the result of my work in the Lord? Uh, even though I may not be an apostle to others, surely I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. Now, what is he getting into? What is he even talking about here? I mean, there are some people that would, would have said in his day, and even perhaps some that would say in ours, that because he wasn't one of the original band, because he didn't uh, travel with Jesus in in that uh uh, in that way, uh, as did like Matthew or John or Peter, someone said, well, you're really not an apostle. You're an apostle wannabe. And so some didn't regard him as an apostle because there, there's a very strict definition for some. And there, there's ranges of, of, of definition of the word apostle. And, and some of the, the definitions, some of the range of that word, uh, some would, the strictest sense of the word apostles were only those who walked with Jesus during his three, three, and a little bit more uh, years of ministry. Um, those are the only ones qualified to be apostles. Some would say in verse one, he said, "Have I not seen Jesus our Lord?" Some would also say, and in, 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 in still a pretty tight definition of apostle. 
those sent, but those also who were with Jesus, those who encountered Jesus. And, and Paul would, would, perhaps Paul even watched Jesus from a distance. I mean, we, we, we do not know that, that Paul wasn't observing what was going on with Jesus. Uh, as Jesus was in his ministry, he likely was. He, he, he might have been one of those that, that was crying, crucify him. Uh, so he saw it in that sense, but yet he didn't minister with him. So some would say, well, you're not an apostle because you weren't a part of the band. You weren't a part of the tribe. You weren't a part of the group. Uh, uh, you weren't a member yet. Uh, and so when Paul says in verse 1 that, have I not seen Jesus our Lord? He is he is giving indication to the fact that he did see Jesus, that he did encounter Jesus. And so, therefore, he does qualify as an apostle. Now, continuing with, with that definition, uh, in kind of a, a range of definitions, uh, some of us uh, would look at a, a, one who is an apostle as one who was sent. Uh, and now, in certain measures, we're all sent by Christ. Certain measures, we're all sent uh, to be missionaries in, in, in the sense of, you know, as you're going, make disciples. As you're going to the meat market in Belfast by the food kitchen to get cow tongue for Pastor Jacob, uh, as you go into that place, maybe you have a chance to, to make a disciple because you have maybe a chance someone will say, well, why are you getting a cow tongue? And then you can tell them the story about this broadcast. And, and you can tell them about Jesus. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to work into it. So in, in a certain measure, we're all sent. But those who are sent specifically for the building up of the church, for the expansion of the kingdom, uh, who, who, in whose life that is their primary calling is, as one, as am I. I mean, that, that's my primary calling. I view myself now as a missionary and, um, uh, sent for the strengthening of the church, uh, sent for the, the expansion of the church, and, and that's what we do. So he says, am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Uh, are you not the result of my work in the Lord? Now, again, they themselves, uh, in, in a certain measure, were ones who, by the very nature, very aspect of their lives, they gave witness to, to the legitimacy of Paul's ministry. So Paul is saying, look, there are things I can point to that legitimize the fact that I am sent as I am sent. And when he's speaking to the Corinthians, are you not the result of my work in the Lord? Now, remember, Corinth is a few thousand miles, maybe. I, I don't know what the distance is from, from Antioch in uh, Syria to Corinth in Macedonia, and maybe that's something, Don, if, if you're able to do a quick Google, what's the distance, or even go from Jerusalem to uh, Corinth, uh, what's the distance? And you could find out what the distance is. Uh, but to be all that distance and all the way across Asia, uh, what we now would consider Asia slash Europe, uh, southeastern Europe, uh, and Turkey, all that distance, Paul was making disciples and planting churches and establishing leaders and doing all those things. And uh, that gives credence to the reality of the fact that Paul was called to be an apostle. Now, let me let me get back into the, the passage in verse 2. He says, even though I may not be an apostle, 
to others, surely I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship. Verse 1, he says, you're the result of my work in the Lord. You are the seal of my apostleship. You are the ones who who let us know. Um, you were the one who let us know. You, you, yes, you were the one who let us know about Christ. And yes, we will verify the fact that you are, uh, in fact, uh, an apostle, at least to us. Now, question Jerusalem uh, or Antioch to Corinth, uh, or you could even just go, uh, you know, Israel to Greece. That that would work, too. That give us at least a rough measure uh, of the distance that Paul had to travel to carry the gospel where, where he was taking it. So that's the question, Jerusalem and uh, to Corinth. And that would be spelled as Corinth Ians would be spelled. Uh, Paul points to people who legitimize the fact that he was called to be uh, an apostle. Verse 3 says, this is my defense to those who sit in judgment on me. There were those sitting in judgment, those that were saying, um, those who were saying, uh, you, you really, you, you don't have the right. Uh, you don't have the rights of an apostle. You don't have the rights of a clergy. You don't have any of those rights. We're not going to listen to you. And, and some, that's what some people will do. They will create some type of a, uh, some type of a, uh, an excuse, a reason not to listen. And, and people do it all the time. I'm in a conversation. One of the young men in our church asked a question uh, because. He has friends who also claim to be Christians who want to change the interpretation or translation of word in the Old Testament from uh, what it is translated from what how it's translated in, in most other languages and say, but the German says, and they're trying to legitimize a certain sinful uh, pattern and lifestyle, uh, and uh, they would say, so we shouldn't listen to to people who don't want to consider the German translation of that word. It gets dicey. Paul had people who were doing the same thing to him, saying, we don't need to listen to you. Who are you to tell us? Uh, And yet, from uh, Jerusalem to uh, Corinth, 817 miles. Uh, Don researched that for us. So it's not not quite a 1,000 miles, but still quite a distance to travel uh, and there were roughly, at least I'm told, 20 million people who lived in, in that in that stretch of land uh, going from Ansi, going from Jerusalem all the way up and over into Macedonia and uh, Greece. Uh, lots of people, and Paul was evangelizing there, establishing the gospel. He argues for his validity as an apostle. And then he gets into this next section of care for apostles, care for clergy. Let me take us into that and uh, try to at least get through this section today. It says, don't we have the right to food and drink? Don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us, as do other apostles and the Lord's brother and Cephas? Or is it only 
I and Barnabas who must work for a living. Now, Paul is saying that they're living bivocationally. Now, later in this chapter, Paul is going to talk about his bivocational. What does bivocational mean? Two jobs. I mean, his primary calling, his primary work, his primary responsibility was the gospel. Uh, And yet, often we see Paul doing work to support himself. And now he is establishing, from, from an Old Testament perspective, and even analogous with with other workers in other fields we will see through this chapter that he also has the right to to support he has the right to payment he has the right to being fed he has the right to drink he has the right to uh, have a wife although paul wasn't married uh and he concludes in verse 6, he says, or is it only I and Barnabas who must work for a living? In other words, he's saying we're entitled as well, biblically entitled to uh, the support that comes with our work. That is what he is saying. So all these things, and he lands in verse 6, or is it only I and Barnabas who must work for a living? Here, here's some of the analogies. Verse 7, who serves as a soldier at his own expense. Soldier, even soldiers are paid. Who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its grapes? Who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk? In other words, if you serve as a soldier, uh, you you will be paid to be that soldier. If you plant a vineyard, uh, you, you're going to eat of its grapes. Uh, you're you're going to uh, enjoy the harvest. Uh, if you have a flock or a herd. Uh, you are going to enjoy the milk. You'll enjoy the meat. If if it's sheep, you're going to enjoy the uh, uh, maybe the wool that comes from the sheep. There is a supportive uh, financial uh, benefit that comes from being a soldier, or from being a, a owner of a vineyard, or from being a shepherd, uh, or one who owns. Uh, owns a flock. There are other analogies that are given elsewhere, and, and he will continue in this passage to give the analogy of uh, from the Old Testament. Uh, he says, do I say this merely from a human point of view? Now, some might say, look, you're giving an analogy, but that isn't Bible. The Bible isn't saying, well, guess what? Now the Bible does say that because it's a part of our New Testament so what does he do? He goes back into the Old Testament because verse 8 says, Do I say this merely from a human point of view? Doesn't the law say the same thing? For it is written in the law of Moses. Do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain. <clears throat> is it about oxen that God is concerned? Surely he says this for us, doesn't he? Yes, this is written for us because when the plowman plows and the thresher threshes, they ought to do so in hope of sharing in the harvest all of this friends he he's not just talking about the harvest of souls he is talking about ministerial support that's exactly what this this section of scripture is about ministerial support and and the fact that he's entitled to ministerial support barnabas is uh, entitled to ministerial support uh and those who are apostles uh, are entitled to ministerial support. 
uh, and pastors as well. Now, let me let me continue. And uh, verse eleven says this: It says, "If we have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we shall reap a material harvest from you? If others have this right of support from you, shouldn't we have it all the more?" But we did not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. Now, I'm going to. Well, no, let me let me keep going. Uh, a little bit further. He says, don't you know that those who work in the temple get their food from the temple and those who serve at the altar share in what is offered at the altar? In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. Now, I will stop at verse 14. Because verse 15, he goes a different direction with his thoughts, and we will pick up with that uh, tomorrow. We'll look at verse 15. As, but as we round out this morning, just all that he has said here in this passage about the fact that the rights of support for those in ministry. Now, one of the things that certainly changed, I mean, we live in a much more expensive culture than other cultures. My friend Joseph, who I speak of frequently over in South Sudan, I mean, there's not a paycheck that comes with, and I think people do try to invite the pastor in and make sure he has food. That's the culture over there. And that isn't just the pastor living that way. Everybody lives that way, uh, you know, hoping for some rice and some beans and some chicken and, you know, enough enough work to make some small money to be able to have uh, some food, uh, a little bit of food each day. That's the culture. We live in an American culture where where. Uh, if our clergy will be comfortable, uh, it's it's much more costly. Uh, but yet, most of us, if you go to a job, you would say, well, I'm entitled to my pay. Uh, and how do you figure that out? How do you figure out what, what to pay a pastor? And, uh, you know, there, there are different scales that are used. I would say this, if you're generous, God will be generous with you. And Paul will get in, in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, he'll get into generosity. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you're going to reap generously. And uh, there is a comment here. I, I want to come back at the comment here as I, uh, as, as I uh, in fact, let, let me read this. Uh, Comment over in the uh, over in the uh, comment section. It says a, a great niece stopped by the other day on her way home from a doctor's appointment. She had never just stopped in. She told me her doctor's appointment. I asked if I could pray with her. She said yes. I need all the help I can, and she fell into my arms. I was taken by surprise. I held her and prayed for her. Then she left. Last night I got a message from her thanking her thanking me for taking the time to pray for her. I can only be who I am because of the pastors who have taught me the ways of Jesus. People are just waiting for the church to rise up and be the real church, walking in the power of Jesus Christ. Pastors are so important to the church. Pastor Jim, uh, I thank Jesus for you and your love for Jesus. Well, thank you, Nell. That's your note, and uh, uh, that 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 means so much. And uh, I, I hope that we really do live the life I, I know Pastor Jacob does, and I just I want to say thank you for that note to me. Very much appreciated. Send lots of notes. Send notes to, like I said, to Jacob. Uh, send some flowers to Courtney. Uh, this is the last Sunday of Pastor Appreciation Month. 
uh, whether you want to just put some cash or uh, it's a little bit, almost a little bit late to, to put it in uh, the offering on Sunday. Uh, maybe stop by the church office with a card and pop in and, and see Jacob and uh, give him a card and maybe a little cash or a little bell the cat or I don't know that he's big Duncan person necessarily. Uh, uh, don't know. Uh, but those are things that, that you could certainly do that uh, would be meaningful to, to Jacob, I'm sure. Uh, Paul makes the argument in the passage here that uh, certainly there is the entitlement uh, to being cared for. Uh, verse 9, the Old Testament uh, command, do not muzzle the ox while it's treading out the grain, was talking about those in ministry. It was talking about especially the priest in that day. They ate from the temple. They they were given certain provisions from the temple, uh, and, and actually they were very decently compensated. They, they didn't get to own land uh, and, and have their little plot of ground as others did. However, they were very amply uh, cared for. Verse 10 said, when the plowman plows, you could think snow plower person, uh, or the person that plows out the fields. That's really what Paul's talking about. Uh, uh, and the one who threshes, they should do in the hope of sharing in the harvest. And verse 11, if we've sown spiritual seed, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? Uh, and Paul just makes this argument, verse 13, don't you know that those who work from the temple, and I've already talked about that, get their food from the temple, those who serve at the altar, sharing what's offered at the altar. And verse 14, in the same way the Lord has commanded those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. I I don't want to drill down way, way too deep in this. In fact, I'm out of time as I look at the clock, other than to think about how do we take care of. If you were going to work for someone uh, and put in the type of hours and put in the type of responsibility, had the type of responsibility that, that a pastor has or a missionary has for expanding the gospel for setting and, and holding the hand of someone who's dying uh, of uh, giving good counsel to people of making sure all the orchestration of the church is is done in a good fashion uh, all those different things i mean what should that compensation look like some some will use the scale of a school teacher and then you consider what a school teacher makes uh and and all the benefits friends not only uh, what is their pay? Uh, but what are all the benefits? A retirement benefit, uh, a health insurance benefit, things of that nature. That's all part of the package. In one church I was planning as I was educating that group of new elders about the clergy compensation, I told them what I believed in five years that the compensation package for uh, the pastor of that church plant needed to be. And one of the guys looked at me and said, that's more than I make. And I said, no, if you go back and consider all the contributions that are made into your retirement account, uh, what your company is paying for your health insurance, the fact that they pay workers' compensation, the fact that there is uh, an unemployment benefit that you would get should should you lose your job or should you be released from your job. Uh, if you add up all that is expended on having you as an employee, and he was a management-level employee, uh, you know, I, I said you will find that I'm probably still under what it costs your company to have you uh, working for them. 
just something to think about, something to weigh out, something to think about uh, as 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 you consider what what would be fair and what would be right. Now, one of the churches that I had the the benefit of uh, observing, I'll put it that way. I never worked for them. I worked with them. Uh, their pastor had been one of my mentors. And he said, look, they, they took really good care of their pastoral staff. They had, I think, five pastors, took very good care of them. And they're, they're, and the church was healthy. The church was growing. And, and the bottom line was, and this is the line that Pastor Harold would say, if you take care of your pastors, they're going to take care of you. So it's Pastor Appreciation Month this month. We just happen to be landing in 1 Corinthians 9 at the end of Pastor Appreciation Month. If you haven't done something for your pastor I encourage you to do something, uh, something, uh, even a note. You, you might say, I don't, I don't have money. I can't afford to send them a note. Tell them specifically something in a message that stood out for you or, or how his life, uh, impacts your life and, and be of encouragement that way. Well, friends, it's the, it, it's well past, uh, the half hour that we've been allotted and, uh, I want to thank you for your partnership. Thank you for your friendship. And uh, thank you that, that you you are a part of my life as you are. So, Lord, hear our prayer. Help us to be people who are generous. Help us to be people who are gracious. Help us to be people who model the life of Jesus for other people. That people would, would come to our doorstep and collapse into our arms wanting prayer. Not just ours as pastors but all of us that are Christians, that people would see Jesus in us, that we would be the light, that we would be the salt, that we would be the aroma of Christ for the world to see. Lord, that is all for your glory. Hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll see you tomorrow morning.